Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus at Night. I disconnected my smoke alarm so it would stop going off, and then now there's smoke in my apartment. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rootbeer. And today we are talking about uh, something that we have titled Consistent Woes with Power Creep, uh, which if you have listened to episode, I think it's 206, something like that, we talked about how uh, consistency and defense are good in terms of card design, if Boucherode is sick of power creep. Uh, but that might go in the other direction. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nexus at night, especially $10 patrons like Cole and Darren. Uh, if you donate $5 or more a month, you get a whole another bonus show, and we'll talk more about that at the end. Guys. Uh... <laughs> Hello, I'm Matt. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rupier. Oh god, I'm out of breath. Um so when we put up that episode, there were a couple of people on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that who were saying that usually when Boucherod supports uh a clan with defense and consistency, that can also lead to the breakdown of the meta because then the win condition is too easily found. So what do we think about that? I think having decks that have to like stall, like wait for their win condition is fine. I think the problem now is that like you either have it or you don't, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, look, I have Rose and everything's peachy, or I don't have Rose and I immediately lose the game. Mm -hmm. So having decks that can kind of just do whatever. Like, you know, like, like having a deck that could, like, ride whatever it wants, like, you know, dirtle around for a bit, like, protect itself enough somehow, which is difficult right now for various mm-hmm. reasons. But, like, let's say a deck could do that, right? And then just eventually find a win condition, you know, like, Antlion plus uh, whatever the grade one is called. Uh, uh, Phantom Black? Phantom Black, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, or then, you know, not having to rely on luck of great three vanguard or whatever you know like oh i assembled my three card combo you lose the game you know that's you know of like you know with at you know with other asterisks right right like and you need to be at four damage and you <laughs> like all these things have lined up and you lose. like i think that's okay i don't think that's a huge issue mm-hmm. like, that's how control decks work in magic basically of like you know like oh i have prolonged the game long enough where i have enough mana where i can do this and back it up and you can't do anything to stop me like, my play is now so powerful that you cannot up it. That's how control decks operate in Magic, because they just eventually, like, slow the game down where they just make more powerful plays than you. But the problem is, is, like, that just doesn't exist in Vanguard, right? So, like, even with defensive options, like, what play are you making that's worth stalling the game out? Like, the best answer we had for premium in a while was uh, Gize, right? Of, like, eventually, like, they would just do nothing for a while, and then they would be on this 30k Vanguard that dealt 5 damage to your return. What was funny about that was that I remember actively hating Gizeh because it meant that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. It's the <laughs> same thing with, uh, like, Star Vader slash, uh, you know, Chaos Breaker, when that has its day, which has happened multiple times. But uh, that's, like, the closest you can get to a defensive uh, Right. Deck. And it, it like event like in, in Vanguard, your defensive win condition needs to outright win the game. Which it and does by dealing of, five damage. <laughs> well, 
I mean, you just need to deal one damage, right? I'm sure you can yeah. figure it out. But, like, the difference is, like... Or something like, uh, Freeze Ray Glendios. I think what, and I think what's frustrating for people is magic control decks don't outright win the game, right? Magic control decks are like, oh, I've gotten the game to a position where I'll attack you ten times to kill you. That you're just fine with that. That you, like, meticulously set up over time, or... Well, not not or not that you just meticulously set up over time, but like that your opponent just can't do anything about. Like your opponent just doesn't have the resources to do anything about it mm. because you have, uh, like, you have destroyed any chance of that. Mm-hmm. So, I've been testing uh, Premium Genesis after they. Uh, released that, uh, what's his name, Eonasis Dragon or something like that. The one with too many vowels. The thing that can search Valkyrian. Which oh is yeah, your... I can't pronounce that shit. I know, right? It can search Valkyrian, um, which is your win condition. It behaves like a perfect guard, and uh, it opens the astral plane, which is kind of a you know an afterthought. It fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where like they slap the, if you got five astral plane, we don't give a shit. It's the other stuff you want. So mm-hmm. I was testing that, and I was, and there was a grade one and a grade two, where the grade one can search the grade two, and the grade two gets you a force marker when you play it, and if you have the grade one in soul, you can draw a card. So both of those are like make for a deck that is it's a very one trick pony. You get Valkyrian and and you kill them with it, but it's got like defensive countermeasures for uh you know, preventing yourself getting curb stomped because literally everything in the deck searches everything else. DK of Just Path searches your grade 3s. Your grade 3s can search the Valkyrian, and your grade 1s and 2s search each other. So it's a a deck that is able to um, do what it wants, but also has a major weakness in that there's like a wonky ratio. You're running 4 grade 5s, 10 grade, uh, 10 grade 3s, and 8 grade 2s and 11 grade 1s. It's off. And also, if you're playing against a deck that can get a lot of attacks off on you, you don't really have much of a defense besides that pseudo-perfect guard still. So, it's something that got a lot of consistency, and I think there's, you know, chances of it topping here and there, but I don't think it would take the meta by storm, necessarily. Right. Right. But there have been instances in the past where if, like, Bushiro gives a deck too many ways to search its stuff, then then yeah. it wins. I think James has brought this up in the past, where the holy trinity for breaking your game is, you know, first is just power, your win condition. You know, the, you know, let's say we start off as just, like, your vanguard gains 10k. is like, okay, well, it's big, but doesn't re- really end the game all that much faster. Okay, well, what if it gets 10k in a crit? Like, okay, you can end the game, but now perfect guards, and then, okay, we add more on that, like, 10k crit guard restrict. Mm-hmm. You know, so that would be power. And then once you have power, the next thing is all usually, like, speed. So let's say that 10k crit guard restrict needs both players at grade 3, and then you just chop that last part off. And so now it's faster. And then, you know, once you have the speed and the power, then the last thing is always kind of consistency where, okay, 
But if I don't ride the thing that gets 10k crit guard restrict, then I don't win. So if I have ways of searching it out or making sure that I can ride it, then I can always get to my win condition very quickly and my win condition is powerful. And then you've kind of broken the meta because now it's just like, who can get their 10k crit guard restrict first? Got a good point. In the case of that particular deck, it loses super hard to Kagero, because if they kill your Valkyrian mid-battle phase, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> like, that's not a check, that is an outright counter. Um, <laughs> like, you have to start doing, alright, I'm going to do Force 2, I'm not going to worry about the Astral Plane, and I'm going to hope really hard that I can like use Vanergan to check triggers. There's not a lot of options there. So I think that might be a part of it, where it, if you power creep enough stuff to where everything's kind of vying for supremacy, you don't really have this kind of runaway train like you do in Standard with Luard right now. Mm. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, another problem, which again we brought up in uh, 206, was the thing about the only way to interact with the opponent on their turn is during their battle phase. Um, yep, more or less. And that is almost always done through guarding, which means there's not a lot of stuff you can do. And I don't know if Bushiroad ever wants to open this Pandora's box, but if hand traps end up becoming a thing... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've been calling for some sort of on-guard stuff for quite a while now. I feel like that would... Like, because, you know, the... Too many vowels. Dragon has the ability to become perfect guard, and uh, I guess we can bring this up now. But we just got the reveal of Gurguit, who this morning, yes, yep, in the same fashion as his G counterpart, has the ability to call two things when you're attacked to guard circle. Hog. So, oh, that's better than his original version. His version was you like check top five and call something or something. Yeah, it's like worse. Yeah, but you know it. It is emulating that style, right? Like, you still check top five, it's just you can call two things now. Yeah, it's when... Uh, well, okay, let's just read the effect. So, grade three, 12k Excel gift. On Van, during your turn, if your opponent's Vanguard is grade three or greater, uh, this unit and all of your units placed by a card's ability get plus 5k for each of your additional rearguards. The other skill, and the important one, is on Van once per turn, when it's attacked or is attacked, you can counterblast one, look at five cards from the top of your deck, call up to two among them to rear and shuffle. If it's your opponent's turn, you call them to guard circle instead of rear guard circle. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do think this is unexplored territory for the game as a whole, is just more of these kinds of defensive abilities. Like, yes, we've had this before with Gurgrit, but... And we've had variations of Vowel Dragons being a perfect guard, but I do think this is something where, like... More cards that gain defensive abilities or cards that activate on the guard circle. They've always done very minor things like this Go goes into soul. soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or they'll give it power, but only until like the end of that battle mm -hmm. instead of a permanent increase. There was also Shiryuki who was dank, but I think honestly, I I think it would be time to bring Shiryuki back as much as I uh yeah. Have... Probably not. No? You don't think so? <laughs> no, people are playing Yasui, uh like a fair bit with the new PR. Oh. 
Because the new PR gives you the attacker you were missing. Right. So but I mean, it, it quite a bit. it's still like, a. I still think it's okay to bring it back without it breaking the game, you know? Maybe. Um, Maybe. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they will, but it is something you could think about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a friend of the show at Gleaming Garmore on Twitter, uh, she's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, give her a follow. She gave us her, her kind of like two cents on, uh, Gurgit because as the name implies, she's a giant gold paladin fan. Uh, she says, <laughs> "No, we she guessed. couldn't be." Yeah, her her uh, her icon is Coel right now. Anyway, uh, she says, "Quote: Gerga is a step in the right direction for card design. It provides a mix of offensive and defensive tactics that allow players to adapt. The more defensive options players have to ac- uh, have access to, the more evened out the format will start to feel. Even with uh, decks like Night Rose and Luard being strong, games are less likely to simply end on turn three to four if each player can defend themselves." After theory crafting, I played a couple of rounds against the deck moments ago. Aglavale plus Percival are an amazing advantage engine. The Nets draws, attacks, and soul. Also worth noting that as early as turn three, the Gurgit deck is capable of seven to ten attacks for one to three counterblast. See also our Twitter for a meme about that. Fill uh, fill your front row in the main phase attack. Call any extender. Whatever. Explanation. Uh, 12 Gert- attack gold paladin let's make it happen yeah gurgit is masterful design that allows for a wide variety of deck focuses wonder ezel superior ride bluish flame gurgit which i believe some are calling bluish sun which is fucking awesome that's like a metal is it name. awesome that's a cool name bluish <laughs> sun <laughs> Soundgarden would be proud god damn it the seven to ten attacks that i mentioned thanks for having me and <laughs> so i think she's got a point um and I think maybe so we had like protect decks starting to get like a more earlier offense, and now with mm-hmm. this Gurgit, we're starting to get excel decks with defensive options. So what's the point of the gifts? <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> the gi- the gifts are something that I think. I don't think it's a failure in any sense of the word, but it's definitely something that I think they missed a few opportunities on. Oh, no, I think it's a failure at this point. Yeah, I think we all agree that it's a failure. I don't, but whatever. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it, we're to the point where even Bushi is like, it's just kind of not caring about what the gifts are anymore, right? Yeah. Like, screw it. <laughs> they try- they tried to fix some of the mistakes with gift twos, and then that made it worse. <laughs> so I think <laughs> at this point to. they've like given up. I think, especially when, like, I know it's locked to grade three, but like, just giving five k power for each of your additional rear guard circles, while also having another grade three that gives you extra excel circles. Like, they just don't care anymore. The, so. Gifts have like, or like the gift design stuff has become more homogenous over time. Like everything kind of converged back toward each other. Where yep. when it when we first started, like what two years ago at this point, everything was segregated into its own thing. Like Excel, you know, gets like four plus attacks, and you have like no hand. And then mm-hmm. Protect was the king. You know how it went. But now we're starting to get toward this like. Getting back to Giera, where yeah. everything does the same thing. Everything does everything. Um, yep. But in Giera, everything didn't do everything, right? Mm. I mean, depends on which era of G we're talking about. Right. 
So, I mean, it, it mats a little bit, right? Because if, uh, if everything does everything in G, I think that's why premium is becoming the more interesting format, because the weaknesses you had in standard can now be covered with past cards or strides or anything like that. Like, example, Mega Colony, who has a problem with finishing stuff, has some cool stuff in G because they have things like that Gridora stride and Overwhelm, which are, the, like, a major offensive presence that they seem to be lacking before this. I think, like, what I like about Gurgit, and this is, I guess, like, I, I don't really, am not really a fan of, like, standard design where we are at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of mistakes very quickly or the point of what exactly three strikes and you're out (laughs) i i think um what's cool like like i think defensive options is like as like on the card is like really cool Mm -hmm. i just uh am not convinced that like i i'm I'm wondering like how much a i care about standard to be honest same Uh, just because like they've made so like there's just been so much nonsense right Mm-hmm. Like from just uh, like the best decks are like either the newest stuff or like what are they printing to comp- like they can't print anything to compete with it because it's just or, you know it's just like well how far are you willing to creep it mm-hmm. and I was just like just not sure where it's headed I guess I don't know yeah and you know I think you had brought up the idea of consistency as a way of like vertical creep when we were having our pre-recording discussion about topics and stuff and i'm not sure i agree with that just because like what we had said before about consistency being the last nail in the coffin but like if your deck is really consistent but doesn't have the power or the speed to back it up then like what's the point balance yeah, I mean, is it going to be balanced though if it just doesn't actually do anything? I mean, if everybody if, if everybody has like a little bit of a problem, then I guess so. But I don't know. Like, I feel like we'd still end up with problems where like they would give half-ass support in the name of consistency without necessarily raising the power level, and then we just have a problem of like whatever already had more power would probably do better. Mm. That might be a problem with, like, long-term planning, where mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of these, like, fixes are after the problems have already presented themselves. But they don't yeah. do it game-wide, so it's just whoever happened to get support at that particular time gets the best deal. Yeah. Right. And is a different problem. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make sweeping ban lists just because, you know, the way... The way decks have been trending more towards recently is you kind of have an engine running around your one boss vanguard. So, like, you know, like what we said with Gurgurit here, you still need other cards that call things as, like, attack extenders. You know, his plus 5k for each additional rearguard circle gets stronger with the bluish flame support. Mm -hmm. It's It's hard to hit any one particular thing at this point just because... Of the way they've decided to arrange card skills. Or, or you know, you have decks like Luard and Dark Irregular where it's so focused on the Vanguard that if you were to hit it, the deck would just outright cease to exist. Mm. 
Right. These things that are just like right on the line. Mm-hmm. Because even the rearguard-centric plans still have, like, you know, the vanguard being super important. Now, granted, that's just kind of how the game works on a systemic level. You know, vanguard being the, the, what do they say, the one that leads the way, or however (laughs) however they explain it in whatever pilot episode of whatever series they're doing. But it's still something that you can have vanguards that, while important, aren't this, you know, engine of destruction. Right. Um, Genesis being a good example of this. You have the guy opening the astral plane, but they're not really doing something super important. They're just there. Yeah. Um, they're big because you have three to five force markers on there, but they're not mm-hmm. this thing that becomes like, you know, your Gurgits or your Sharhats or your yeah. Night Roses. Honestly, I feel like you'd still run Uranus with the Vowel Dragon, and you would just want to ride Uranus as your main vanguard for the extra attack. Oh, you do. So there's like in in the premium build, which uh, we're gonna put up a blo- uh, like a blog post on Patreon.com/slash/Nexus at night. Any tier, you get access to it. Um, where with the deck where you run this the Uranus two, the one that if it's three or more, you get the astral plane by soul blasting because you can open it for the entire turn without it being continuous, which means you can use Marduk to stride mid battle phase and then put your Taros on bottom and stand Valkyrian. <laughs> it's pretty whack. It's like awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, that thing's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Another thing I like about the Vowel Dragon is that it works Vanguard Rearguard. Oh, I feel yeah. like that's... Um, I guess if they were attempting to scale back the meta, you know, it doesn't solve the problem of existing cards being strong, but, you know, scaling back skills a bit, making them Vanguard Rearguard. So we can, like, reduce the power of decks a bit, add more consistency, but again, existing decks, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they're trying to correct the mistakes of the last couple of sets. Like, the current wave of reveals has been a lot more promising in terms of overall card design, where it doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel, well, like, particularly terrible. It's just, just, like, a lot of these things just aren't good enough right now because of all the ridiculous stuff they've already created. And I wish there was an easier way for them to regulate the format a bit. I do think that both of the VRs we've seen so far are going to be crucial pieces of that particular clan, especially too many Vowels Dragon, unless you're not doing the Astral Plane thing. Well, unless Fenrir does something else, right? Yeah. It's going to be mostly irrelevant what it does. <laughs> Depending, if well, Fenrir, Fenrir, they're going to they're like they're going to make Fenrir better, right? That's that's going to be that's. That's just gonna happen. That's if they do that. If they do astral plane stuff with Fenrir, otherwise it's you know it's apples and oranges. Yeah. I mean, but one deck has to, one deck's gonna be better than the other. That's the point. Oh yeah, um, like it's gonna happen. I don't know. I'm I'm doing yeah. a case split regardless because I love me some Fenrir. So <laughs> that's uh, that's gonna happen. Um, but. Yeah, I I think we now like as of right now as of recording this, I'm sure whoever's in the future is like you're dumb. Uh <laughs> we have Angel Feather, 
Narukami and the other half of Genesis VRs be yet to be revealed. And I think that if Bushiroad keeps this up like they have with these first two reveals, I think we're going to be in for a set that isn't going to leave a sour taste in our mouths. Unless a set that calms the fuck down for a little bit. Yeah. Which is funny, because I'm guessing the set after is going to be like, all right, another reboot time, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're all expecting it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, I think if they're going to put in the effort to like fix everything, they should keep going for a little bit. But no, mm-hmm. they want to... I'm guessing because this this comes out like near the end of the year, they're probably going to be like, all right, new year, new us. I'm going to go on Facebook and... Uh- Put on I will bring you the triangle, destroy the game this time. I'm actually going to go to the gym, Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. Have any of us gone to the gym within the... No. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Honestly, like, last set with, like, Aqua Force, Nubatama, and everything else didn't seem too broken. I don't know if Great Nature has, like, destroyed the meta or anything. I haven't nope. paid attention. Doesn't look like it. it. The, okay. the Aqua Force is the one that's been, like, drawing the most attention. Mm. Um, Great Nature Which almost always Thavis flies. Or, mm. Yeah, Thavis or Maelstrom though. Thavis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, makes sense. But like, Great Nature almost always flies under the radar, no matter what we get. Like, even when we're there, there is a uh, you know Kramer winning his uh, his regional and all that stuff. Like, even when it's really good, people are like, "Ew, furries." Um, yeah. I mean, same thing with Spike Brothers. No matter how many times. Times at tops, everyone's always like, "You football." Yeah, that's such a weird thing to hate on. Like that looks awesome. You got like the Mad Max aesthetic going on. Yeah, but we're nerds, you see. Oh, oh, it's like, not a waifu plan. Oh, so it's like the thing where, where well, yeah, but they have cheer girls. Oh, whatever, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that set was pretty solid. This set, I think, has the potential to be something that is. Uh, a fix in like consistency and horizontal power creep. I don't think this is, this would be the final coffin or final nail in the coffin. It's just that everything yeah. else before it was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Well, right. they're kind of scaling back on the speed aspect a little bit. Although well, the guard was just so absurd, right? Yeah. I think a lot uh, of people were just like, "Come on." Yeah, and also like Char- like not as oppressive, but Sharhot too, just because. You can get to 13 soul right, right on your grade three ride. So that has the, po- I feel like that swings a little more where it has the potential to be really strong right away, and then sometimes you just get really unlucky and you don't. Night Rose is also still a thing, so mm-hmm. that's lasted three yeah. sets and looks like it'll last through a fourth. Yeah, like good. Yeah, like honestly. I think if it wasn't for things like Luard and the Cross, I feel like the meta probably wouldn't feel as broken. Like, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what Vanquisher does, too. Oh, uh, what, whatever. Right. What, what is it? Sparking? Is that what the VR is going to be? Or is it something else? I think it's a new card. Oh. <laughs> uh, it is Dragonic Vantisher Full Bronto. Oh. Full Bronto? Oh my god, what a name. Full Bronto? <laughs> like, okay, I'm just thinking of Charlotte and Emily Bronte, the writers from the 19th century. Very different. Full um, Bronto. Bronto. I got it, thank you. 
That's an awesome name. <laughs> oh, that's what that's the name I'm looking for in Vanguard right there. Oh, Bronto. <laughs> Vanquisher has always had the silliest names, though. Vanquisher Sparking, Real. Vanquisher, what? V Max, V Buster. Voltage is actually pretty normal. Yeah. And now we have full Bronto, all caps. Which I'm guessing was supposed to be like the the English version of what? Full front. Full frontal. Oh, please, please tell me it was supposed to be full frontal. <laughs> oh man, if you <laughs> imagine. <laughs> it's just people drawing, like photoshopping his head on naked people's bodies. Oh my yeah. god, that would be so dumb. That, that would be, but full Bronto is definitely written in English, so mm. unfortunately not. I'm Damn. Pierce open. <laughs> full frontal. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't really have much else I want to say necessarily about the consistent woes with power creep. I just want to say that this might be a day late and a dollar short, but I think it's a valiant what? effort. Mm. All right. You think it is showing of improved uh, stuff, improved goings-ons? Yeah, mm -hmm. but there might be too many marks on Bushiro's record. Um, and they're getting expelled yeah. anyway. Supposedly. Who knows? I do think that people need to give premium another chance. Um, yeah. Because I just, I, I played with my friends over the weekend, and, you know, we were proxying stuff, we were playing around, and, like, it was fun, because we had stuff that was, like, killing each other. Like, my friend made a premium Murakumo build, and the I think I only, let's see... He beat me a few times, and the only times I beat him was because Murakuma's G-Guards are just that shitty. Oh, they, they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was, like, put, like, he, he, the deck is so aggressive from, like, turn two, um, that yeah. it, it can just, like, kick your teeth in before I even got, got to turn three and got my plane open. Um, or with things like Aquaforce, where Commander Jaime, he has his deck profile where he's got, like, uh, the thing where you can, like, ride Lambros from deck with Thavas on turn three and then go back to a grade two, kind of like the No Life King thing. Mm. Afterward, you got that. Uh, Grey Nature's got some fun stuff. Pale Moon's got a lot of fun stuff. Um, I'm guessing all of the Paladins are going to do their thing. Yeah. Um, have you been testing with anything, Rootbeer? No. I've been busy with classes, although I could do Premium Nova Grappler. I mean, don't fail your classes on account of us. That would be the the dumbest move I've ever seen. Please um, don't. <laughs> I'd only do it if if we actually made more money, but that's... <laughs> if we made more... Uh, Patreon.com slash Nexus at night. Help us out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that wasn't the case of me e-begging for once. That was just like... that. I feel like that would make sense... Where like if you think you had a profitable thing going, that it would make some sense to maybe focus less on classes, but that's something you'd have to look at your own situation and your finances and make yeah. smart life decisions like an intelligent adult. Wow, I mean, which I most certainly am not. That. Never, not even once. <laughs> if we made smart life decisions, we wouldn't be recording a podcast for Vanguard. True. We we would have like a normal podcast where it's like, hey, it's me and my two friends talking about guy stuff. Are you gonna have women or, or people of color on there? Nah, mate. 
never going to happen. I mean, obviously that's not what we're doing, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> take it out of context. It was like almost our bonus show, except for that last part. Well, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, uh... <laughs> I, I do want to say that, uh... I don't like. Obviously, I, I assume everyone's. We were kind of like vague, referring to overdress, right? Yes. Like before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I I do think that I do like the. I I, I just think like, I want to see more defensive cards, like defensive like activation skills, like, and I feel like a you know we mentioned in a, several episodes ago like blitz orders like a giant waste. Mm-hmm. Because like there's one blitz order, right? Mm-hmm. There's like it's the, the whole like blitz order rule area is like doesn't exist. It's just that, um, it's just the you know the one thing, right? Just mm-hmm. the it's the blitz order, and it's like absolutely wild to me that they just like didn't use that as like a clan mechanic or anything like that. Yeah, yeah like, and it also says blitz orders can only be used during the guard step of your opponent's turn. Which I feel like you like, could do that more. This is the freest real estate for card design, and they're just not using it. Yeah, I, I feel like based on the current design, I meant we mentioned that kind of gifts don't matter. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bushiroad kind of regrets gifts at this point. I think they do too, honestly. But like, overdress might be their way of getting away from gifts. To put it in the words of John to Jaden. <laughs> John J- John Shaden. Uh it's uh turns out restricting clans to three playstyles is kinda cringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so still I just, wanted, I just wanted to get that out there, like uh may- maybe maybe it was a mistake, right? Maybe. But mm-hmm. what's the plan here on out? I don't know. Yeah. Like honestly these days it feels like gifts are just being placed on t- Aside from certain things like the astral plane and I guess like what they're attempting to do with Gurguit, gifts feel like they're being put on there out of obligation more than actually being invested in the design decision. I think there's yeah. more to it than that. You have stuff that it's like, if you have this many things in your front row, you can do this, or Angel Feather had that brief thing where they were using, like, if you have Protect 2s, you can do stuff. Yeah. Um. I, I. I still don't think it's enough, but I think they've at least made a half-assed effort to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, seriously, man. Like they they could have made blitz orders just any time and any place, free real estate. Yeah. The TBH. But then you also start getting into like Yu-Gi-Oh territory with. Uh, yeah, fuck it. With rulings yeah, and like the like, damage step and just that's I've, fine. That's our rule, fine. Vanguard rulings are already there though. Have you read the comprehensive rules? Please, reading is hard. <laughs> but I'm thought. saying like a- adding that kind of you know like even rule complexity is fine, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it's like you can reach make things be intuitive. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously there are some things that are not, but I mean, come on. <laughs> do something. Yeah. I'm especially gonna be pissed if they just did this as like a slapdash way of trying to open up a thing for card design, and then they leave it behind for whatever overdress turns out to be. I overdress. Think, I mean, they to be will. honest, I thought orders were like pretty neat. I was like, oh, are they gonna be like playable or something? And then they're like, nah. 
I guess like the uh, the or, one order was playable League Joker, the one that unlocks a guy. Yeah. And then, like the order to put something from your hand into soul is like playable in Pale Moon. There's mm-hmm. there's the one for Link Joker. There's like the book. Uh, apparently yeah, that's no, no deck was playing that card. The no apparently like premium Blade Master uses the book because it has problems with like getting its field big. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Okay, um, and then <laughs> Blade Master, that's his jam. Yeah, and then I think that's it. Oh, and Tempest Sphere, but mm-hmm. oh, and it, but Tempest Sphere is not like standard legal, right? Sorry, I meant. I was kind of like oh, yeah. that. And then yeah. also the when light and darkness intersect, the thing for Blaster Blade and Dark. Yeah. That one exists. That is a card that exists. Yeah, and that's also the only order that belongs to a clan, which they they True. could easily do. And yet yep. they haven't. Um, which I also expected. I was like, oh, they're going to do this thing, right? Nope. Uh-huh. Just kidding. So yeah. the, the thing with, uh, if they do this reboot and, you know, they try you to... Know re- it's- what? Do we know it's a do reboot? Know yet? It's a reboot. It's just like the base assumption at this point. I think all we got is a name, but yeah, let's... it's all we have. Right? Yeah. So, you, so, so when you say the reboot, you're okay. being, you assume that this is a reboot. This that, that's hypothetical kind of what... reboot. Okay. If 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 they do this hypothetical reboot, yeah. um, this would kind of be like when Yu-Gi-Oh went from synchros to XYZ monsters, or Exceed, or Xyz, or whatever you want to call them. Where synchros were meant to be a more permanent fixture on the board, that you could, like, you know, your Stardust Dragon, you kill it and revive it over and over to prevent your stuff getting blown up. Whereas Exceeds, they have the overlay units, which means you get two to three instances of the effect, and then it's a vanilla monster. So those aren't meant to last as long as something like a synchro monster, and maybe that's what this reboot might be, where they're like, okay, imaginary gifts be, were are this permanent fixture on the board. You can't really do anything with them unless it's that Link Joker stride from Premium Collection. Uh, so maybe they'll have something that's less finite. You mean like calling a bigger boss monster from an extra zone and then having it go away at the end of your turn? Man, that would be a really cool mechanic. We should do that. Oh man, damn it! I walked right into that one. Ugh. Absolutely incredible. I'm gonna leave that in, by the way. That that I hope is. So. I fucking. I would feel cheated if you did it. I I that is fucking sideshow Bob stuck at, stepping on a rake. That was. Jesus Christ. Okay, maybe they'll do maybe they'll have like something with orders because it's the only one instance and you don't get a card. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. But Same. I mean honestly though, the name overdress makes it sound like it might be very similar to strides, honestly. Well, For like, sure. But all you, we have is a name, so I'm not yeah. gonna like So what you dynamax your vanguard? Oh, we're getting into Dynamax. Pokemon reference. That's what we need in Vanguard. Dynamax. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright. I, I think that's probably a good place to leave off. <laughs> Atlas being a complete moron. Yeah, that about tracks. Uh, thanks for listening to Nexus at Night. Where can people find you guys? Find me on Twitter at wiggums 2 gtzs You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. Still shaking my head. Uh, you can find me at Atlas Novak, Twitter, Instagram. Or you can find this show at uh, Nexus at Night in the same places. 
Uh, if you want to help us support the show and, or if you want to help support the show and like, you know, make it so we can eat and, uh, maybe get new non-shitty equipment, uh, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash nexus at night. Uh, there's three tiers. Uh, if you donate a dollar or more, you get access to uh, blog posts. We do a roundup every week of every card reveal and, uh, you know, deck lists and things like that. Five dollars or more, you get access to a whole ass other bonus show with the three of us and any other guests we happen to have on. We've had people like Wave Nation and Wave Nation. I'm too humiliated to remember Chris. other people. Chris from the Luck of the Sackish episode. Yep. Um, our friend Eric, uh, or LOL Chaos, I think was his Eric's Twitter. Great. Eric's great. And then um, $10 or more we mention you every week, like uh, Cole or Darren. Um, and also we have other ideas like promo giveaways, but we haven't actually done any of that yet. So, uh, cool. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody.